0: Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up tonight. New details about how Twitter banned former President Donald Trump. We look at the internal discussions before he was kicked off the platform. Used car prices falling from stratospheric heights, hitting the lowest level this year. But by how much will they fall? And where are new car prices going? And Microsoft teaming up with the London Stock Exchange Group is the latest sign of deepening ties between the financial industry and cloud companies. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. The latest installment of the Twitter Files is out. It details how Twitter banned then-President Donald Trump in January 2021 after the Capitol breach. In particular, what happened on the day Trump was banned, which was January 8th. Independent journalist Barry Weiss dropped the files on Twitter today. Weiss was an editor at the New York Times and quit in 2020. Weiss reviewed the last two tweets Trump sent on January 8th and said for years, Twitter had resisted internal and external calls to ban Trump due to his status as a sitting president. But after January 6th, the pressure grew. According to the screenshots of the internal messages Weiss posted on Twitter, some Twitter workers demanded Trump be banned. Some claimed he was trying to incite violence, without providing evidence. But one top official said she didn't see any violations of Twitter's policy. Less than 90 minutes after that, Weiss wrote, Vajaya Gaddy, Twitter's head of legal policy and trust, asked whether Trump's tweet could, in fact, be coded incitement to further violence. For context, this is what Trump wrote in that tweet. Here's a screenshot. He said, quote, The 75 million great American patriots who voted for me, America first and make America great again, will have a giant voice going forward into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape, or form. Some now suggested Trump was referring to the rioters at the Capitol when he said American patriots. Weiss says about two hours after that, Twitter held a 30-minute all-staff meeting. Later, Twitter announced that it suspended Trump due to, quote, the risk of further incitement of violence. Weiss noted that some world leaders had issued Twitter posts that appear to incite violence against other groups, but they were never banned from the platform. Trump's account was restored last month after Musk bought Twitter. Meanwhile, the Trump, meanwhile, Trump has indicated that he will not return to the platform. This is the fifth installment of the Twitter files. CEO Elon Musk has said more is to come. One topic will be the COVID-19 misinformation policy. And Twitter is set to launch a revamped version of its subscription service, Twitter Blue, today. Here's the twist, though. It's going to cost more for Apple device users. The service will allow subscribers to edit tweets, upload 1080p videos, and get a blue checkmark account verification. The subscription costs $8 a month through the web, but $11 a month for iOS users. Elon Musk issued a series of tweets last month listing various grievances with Apple. One of the criticisms was directed at the 30% fee Apple charges software developers for in-app purchases. Musk had also accused Apple of threatening to remove Twitter from its app store. But after a meeting with Apple chief executive Tim Cook, Musk tweeted that the misunderstanding about the removal had been resolved. And moving on. The highest inflation since the 1980s is making holiday budgeting more complicated for millions of middle-class families this year. A Quinnipiac poll last month found nearly half of Americans have less in savings than they did a year ago. The poll also found 42% plan to spend less on gifts this season, and only 8% plan to spend more. The National Retail Federation says overall holiday spending hasn't slowed yet. But many families are making sacrifices to buy presents for their loved ones. Meanwhile, in a Gallup poll this month, more than half of Americans say rising prices have caused financial hardship for their household. And 13% say this hardship is actually severe. And U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on Sunday acknowledged the risk of a possible recession next year. Meanwhile, a CNBC survey shows that 61%, almost two-thirds see a recession coming. All this on the heels of another potential 50 basis point interest rate hike by the Fed on Wednesday. But billionaire Elon Musk believes that if the Fed raises rates again this week, the severity of the potential recession could be amplified. So earlier today, I talked to a senior economist at Bankrate.com about the topic. And now joining me is Mark Hamrick. Now, Mark, I've talked about this uh, uh, with a number of other economists about whether there's going to be a recession. But I want to get your thoughts as well. You know, as the senior economic analyst at Bankrate.com, do you think if is there going to be a recession and how likely do you think?
1: Yeah. Good to be with you, Don. A recession is inevitable. The question is, when does it emerge? What is its depth and duration? And it need not be inevitable in 2023, but I think most economists uh, would say that the risks are highly elevated. And uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has said that he thinks essentially the path is narrowing for a so-called soft landing because of the interest rate increases the Fed itself has put into place, as well as the weakness of growth that we see globally. And and so I think the key question here is, where does unemployment peak in the next part of the cycle? And and my own best sense is that it need not be nearly as high as in either of those earlier, uh, very different circumstances after the great financial crisis that was uh, the result of a housing market bust. And of course, uh, the pandemic, that was the result of, of COVID, or rather the recession that was the result of COVID as well.
0: So, so, so then, let me ask you. You also mentioned uh, Powell a little bit earlier, and he said there's going to be economic pain, right, for this uh, upcoming possibly a recession. What, what do you think would that be? This economic pain, in your opinion?
1: Well, you know, and I attend those news conferences. I, I plan to attend the one that he'll hold this week as well, and have been doing so really since they began under Chairman Bernanke back in 2011. I would say uh, the Fed has already inflicted a fair amount of pain, but as you did rightly uh, point out, he's also said there may be uh, some pain to come, and so. Uh, the things that have responded most immediately and uh, early to interest rate increases that began in March stock market moving into a bear market we've seen the crash in cryptocurrencies uh, and we've of course seen um, we've seen the housing market in its own version of a recession with mortgage interest rates uh, moving up very high and and uh, consumer behavior um, you know sort of, trailing on that trend. And so what might be more pain to come would be uh, that increase in the unemployment rate and, and seeing more of uh, sort of monetary policy being reflected in the job market and, and more broadly with uh, consumer behavior and business behavior.
0: And I just want to stick to this uh, consumer's perspective. If we do go into a recession, what can the consumer do to weather this, uh, this recession? What, what, what can they do to protect themselves?
1: Well, it's a little like buying a life insurance policy after you're uh, noticing that you're going to be involved in a car wreck, uh, <laughs> meaning that the preparation that people need to undertake really needs to have begun already. And and the main thing for that, I would say, would be uh, having emergency savings, having some saving that can get through the storm. Uh, and uh, you know, inflation is a very uh, pernicious thing. Uh, it can be very damaging, and it has been very damaging for households, uh, which had built up, by the way, a lot of savings in the early days of the pandemic, either because they had uh, you know, federal payments provided to them or because they were able to save on something like the child tax credit that we had in this country. And that excess savings is coming down now, and my sense is it will be uh, further eroded because of the continuing high rate of inflation uh, you know, that's ongoing and, and will be seen in the coming uh, number of months.
0: Do you think uh, consumers, if they're having trouble, should they, should they take out loans? Should they uh, use credit?
1: Well, uh, the answer to that uh, really changes depending on each household and individual's need. Uh, And that's one of the reasons why we counsel to try to lean on savings as a tool first, because that's obviously at a cost that's only of your savings account, right? Uh, You know, the cost of credit has been going up. The bank rate average for new credit card offers that that we track each week is now above 19%, and that's for the best qualified individual uh, or individuals. Uh, there are other forms of loans that people might be tapping, whether they're personal loans, home equity lines of credit, those sorts of things. And those are you know, good tools to use. But we also don't want people getting in over their heads with debt, uh, particularly when there is a high risk of an economic downturn where they may have a harder time keeping up with those payments, which is quite necessary.
0: All right. Thank you very much. Mark Hamrick, Senior Economic Analyst at Bankrate.com. Pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you. And now onto Wall Street. Stocks rallied. The Dow added 529 points, or one and six tenths of a percent. S&P gained 56 points, or one and four tenths of a percent. Nasdaq rose 139 points, or one and three tenths of a percent. Moving on to the automotive market, used vehicle wholesale prices have hit their lowest point in over a year. Senior economist at Cox Automotive, Charlie Chesbro, says this is because used car prices were a bit overvalued before because new cars were in very short supply.
2: We are gonna see used car prices on average come down a little bit, uh, but that's really just kind of uh, relieving some of the foam that had had risen in the market. It was just crazy over the last couple of years. We're giving a little bit back, uh, but we don't expect used car prices to come collapsing down to pre-COVID levels. I think that we've seen a permanent shift in the the vehicle market and used cars are just gonna be more expensive uh, than they were before
0: the severe COVID lockdowns had impacted supply chains. That led to far fewer new cars. And that's when used car prices started skyrocketing, as you can see on the chart here back in 2020. But now the COVID measures are easing. The number of new cars for sale is slowly increasing as a result. So for most of 2022, used car prices have been falling from their sky-high levels. Meanwhile, new car prices are now going up, Charlie Chesbro, the senior economist at Cox Automotive, expects average prices to rise above $50,000. There are more new cars for sale as well. But Asian brands like Honda, Toyota, Hyundai, Kia are in shorter supply than American counterparts. And loan costs for new cars going up as well, thanks in large part to Jerome Powell, who's hiking interest rates aggressively at the Fed.
2: But interest rates have gotten so high for new car loans uh, that many folks are opting just to pay cash, so we're seeing that the percentage of sales out there that are just cash purchases—folks that can't come in with fifty thousand dollars and buy a new vehicle—has uh, been rising over the last few months. Which I think makes sense, given uh, uh, you know my savings account's probably only getting two, maybe three percent if I'm lucky, uh, versus having to pay a six, seven, eight uh, percent car loan.
0: Chesbro says the number of people who can't pay their auto loans has also gone up. Quite a bit, actually. They're now at record levels. This is happening to people with low credit ratings or subprime borrowers. But the good news is these subprime borrowers make up far less of the new vehicle market than they did in 2008. Back then, they made up around 30% of all vehicle sales. But today, they make up about half, only 15 to 16%. Adam Sims is the CEO of Price Sims Family Dealerships, which has 28 franchise dealerships throughout the San Francisco Bay Area. He sees car supply this year's pretty much the same as last year.
3: In our dealer group, uh, we have 28 different franchises, and we probably have one year of automobiles that are actually pre sold. So, um, uh, so there's a huge backlog. Um, So, as the supply is coming up, it's really not being apparent in the showroom as far as availability. It's simply filling filling the orders that we've had from the past.
0: Sim says it's a great time for his business because demand is higher than supply. He doesn't have to carry inventory, which leads to less expense and more profits. Moving on, the Supreme Court has agreed to hear another challenge to President Biden's student loan forgiveness program. The latest challenge was brought by two borrowers, Mira Brown and Alexander Taylor, who are not qualified for full debt forgiveness. Justices will debate whether the two plaintiffs have the legal right to bring the case before the court. And we'll also discuss the authorization of Biden's plan. The court also announced today that it's leaving the program blocked, for now, at least, Biden's plan, which has been frozen amid legal challenges, would offer up to $20,000 of debt relief to millions of qualified borrowers. Though so far, no debt has been canceled. And Microsoft has been having antitrust problems with the EU and the FTC. But its latest partnership with the London Stock Exchange Group hasn't received nearly as much negative attention. Char Marshall has more.
3: London Stock Exchange Group, or LSEG, and Microsoft have entered into a 10-year partnership to create LSEG's data infrastructure using the Microsoft Cloud. They plan to develop new products together along with services for data and analytics. As part of the deal, LSEG has made a contractual commitment for minimum cloud-related spend with Microsoft of $2.8 billion over the term of the partnership. I spoke with Mina Tadris, CEO of Tadris Capital LLC. investment management firm he explained how this could be a good deal for microsoft
4: right it's easier to expand their business without running into antitrust monopoly issues uh directly in their field but i think for um uh the cloud space i think i think they have a lot more room um which is why i think to the best of my knowledge this deal is going unchallenged by regulators
3: Ted just told me about the concern he had with Microsoft cloud services, getting involved in financial markets.
4: IT support, uh, IT support. Um, I, I don't know if you use Microsoft uh, or at least they're uh, uh, on the cloud uh, side, but we do, uh, we use Azure and uh, uh, so I suppose full disclosure uh, and you know, they can provide us the, the competition hours that we need, but it doesn't come with the best customer service as far as IT support. So I can only imagine how that will play in effect uh, for financial markets. I, I think, I, I, have, I have some concerns to be honest, uh, from that side. Um, I think ultimately it could be addressed.
3: Microsoft said the basis of the partnership will be the digital transformation of LSEG's technology infrastructure and Refinitiv platforms onto the Microsoft Cloud. Sean Marshall, NTD News.
0: Gaming giant Epic Games has been sued in a court in Canada. The lawsuit accuses the company of making children addicted to the game Fortnite, so much so that kids won't even eat or sleep. Three parents in Quebec filed the lawsuit. According to the parents, one child played the game 7,700 times in two years, at a minimum three hours a day. Another child played nearly 7,000 times and got angry after, after the parents tried to restrict his gaming activities. The lawsuit compares Fortnite addiction to cocaine addiction, citing a psychologist's opinion. It also says being addicted to video games like Fortnite has a particularly damaging effect on the brains of children. The parents accuse Epic Games of deliberately making the game highly addictive. A judge authorized the lawsuit. Epic Games' lawyers argue that video game dependence is not recognized as a condition in Quebec. Meanwhile, the judge pointed out that the World Health Organization classifies video game addiction as gaming disorder. Electric vehicle maker Rivian is pausing its planned partnership with Mercedes-Benz to produce electric vans in Europe. Rivian said the delay will allow it to focus on its existing commercial and consumer business. The companies had been looking to produce two large vans. Mercedes-Benz vans said it will move forward with its own electrification strategy and ramp up production. About two years ago, Amazon announced it would buy nearly 2,000 electric delivery vans from Mercedes-Benz. Amazon also ordered 100,000 delivery vans from Rivian. The e-commerce giant took a 20% stake in Rivian in 2019. Amazon said that in September, some vans were already on the road making deliveries. Thousands are expected to be running in major U.S. cities by the end of the year. The European Union has enough gas for this winter, apparently. But it could face a shortage next year if Russia cuts supplies further. Here's the EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen earlier today.
4: We are safe for this winter. Despite the action that we have taken, we might still face a gap of up to 30 billion cubic meters of gas next year. The actions that we have set in motion will help cover part of this, but more is needed.
0: The European Union has tried to reduce reliance on Russian energy since Moscow launched what it calls a special military operation in Ukraine. Europe's avoided a severe shortage and started the winter with brimming gas. That's thanks in part to emergency storage measures and a mild winter. High gas prices have also dampened demand for fuel. Wanderlein said Europe needs to start preparing for next winter now. I'm Going to take a short break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, email us at business NTD.com. Still to come, Subaru recalling hundreds of thousands of SUVs in the United States. We have what you need to know. And future exploration to Mars just got one step closer. NASA's Artemis 1 spacecraft successfully splashes down in the Pacific Ocean. That and more coming up on NTD Business. And Subaru is telling the owners of 270,000 SUVs in the U.S. to park them outdoors due to the risk of fire. The company is recalling the 2019 through 2022 ascents after getting reports of two fires. There were no reports of injuries, though. The company says a bolt that holds the ground terminal of a heater may not have been fastened properly during assembly. That can cause the terminal and surrounding parts to melt, increasing the risk of fire. Subaru says the ascents should be parked away from structures and should not be left unattended with the engine running until repairs are made. Dealers will replace the bolt and a ground wire and connector holder if necessary. Subaru says owners will be contacted within 60 days. NASA's Orion spacecraft successfully splashed down off the coast of Baja, California Sunday afternoon. That's after flying around the moon on a history-making test flight. The Artemis 1 mission comes to a successful end after more than three weeks and nearly 240,000 miles traveled. Here's the story.
5: Good descent rate 500 feet,
0: splashdown. NASA's Orion spacecraft making an ocean splashdown after a 25 and a half day mission around the moon. The historic Artemis 1 test flight aimed to test out harsh environments of deep space and to demonstrate the capsule could make a safe return back into Earth's atmosphere.
1: It was confident, but it was tense because there were two big things that had to happen today. First of all, the heat shield had to work and it worked perfectly and then the parachutes had to work
4: and were on main
1: and they did perfectly
0: during the test mission no astronauts were on board only a few mannequins were used to gather data the mission comes to a successful end after four delayed launch attempts we're
1: going back to the moon but this time not to just stay there and come back
3: next up yeah, nasa plans to use the data collected on this mission to, to choose um, a crew for the artemis 2 which could take off in 2024.
5: we are on our path to getting that base on the moon, to getting the understanding we need to go on to Mars, and doing the science that's front and center here in our program.
0: Sunday marks 50 years since humans last walked on the moon, an achievement completed by the Apollo 17 crew. And a Los Angeles restaurant is hoping to reinvent pizza. The establishment's new ultra-thin rollable creations aren't the classic New York slice, but owners say they're the perfect guilt-free option. NTD's and Andrew Thomas has the details on this West Coast attempt at pizza.
5: There's a new pizza concept in Hollywood. Ultra-thin crust pizzas served with microgreens on the side. Crostica just opened its flagship restaurant in West Hollywood. Pizzas here range between 380 to 790 calories per pie. In comparison, a single slice of 14-inch regular crust pizza can be around 285 calories. The idea was the brainchild of real estate developer Niall Niami. I think that this is much more than, than a trend. I think this is a new way to eat an old staple, a staple that's been around 100 years, and a way to eat it that is not only fun and exciting, but it also takes away the calories, but leaves all of the flavor. Niami says he plans to expand throughout the U.S. in 2023 and then look to international markets. Crustica's pizzas range from $12 to $18 each, depending on toppings, but a pizza called The One sells for $3,500. Made with 24-karat gold flakes and white truffles, it's served on a gold-plated dish, which the diner keeps. Not only does it taste unbelievable, but it also helps others because $2,000 of the purchase of that pizza goes to Children's Hospital Los Angeles in your name and dinner with me at one of my favorite restaurants, a Michelin star restaurant in Los Angeles. Customers say they like the new health conscious creation. I love
0: the concept. I mean, the fact that you manage to get all these flavors packed onto this pizza and you're not Ingesting a ton of calories is absolutely amazing.
5: It's immediately cleaner, and because it's thin crust, it's lower calorie, and you just leave feeling lighter, like you didn't eat something really heavy. But it remains to be seen if New Yorkers will approve. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
0: And that's all the stories we have today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter if you're there. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, don't hesitate to email us at business at ntd.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. See you tomorrow.
2: At The Nation Speaks, we don't just scratch the surface. We want to go wide and deep.